Hello, it's Indy, also known as Indy Advent. Today I'm joined by Metro, for all the way from Amsterdam, actually. Um, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm great. I can't complain. So it's good. What time is it where uh, you are right now? It's um, now almost uh, 12 o'clock. Uh, almost midnight. Yeah, wow. Almost midnight, yeah. And um, I wanted to say that I'm not actually from Amsterdam, but from a small town that's two hours away from Amsterdam. So, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but it's not that far away. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The town isn't that awesome. It's like pretty boring, but I've grown up here, so I kind of have like a hate-love relationship with the town. Oh, for sure. Are there any other vaporwave fans or producers in your town? No, no. It's like uh, I don't. Yeah. In the Netherlands, like we don't have a vaporwave future punk scene. It started like to um, get more attention, but it is like not not a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, I was just ta- I was talking to um, Tokyo Wanderer just the other day, and because he's performing at a Future Funk event in Toronto this weekend, actually yeah. uh, March twenty fifth. I, I heard and about I it. And I learned, it, yeah, oh, it's I'm very excited. Uh, and I learned he's from Portugal, so he's flying all the way here for that. Yeah, that, that, that's great. I, I hope I could also have gigs overseas in the future. Yeah, that uh, that would be amazing. Soon enough. Yeah. Everything happens in time. True, true. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us a bit about yourself? You know, um, you know, a bit about your life, maybe how you first got into music, and then when you found Vaporwave? Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, when I first get really into music, started when I was like 11 or 10 years old, I started to break dancing and... Uh, uh, the breakdance music was mostly like James Brown, Curtis Mayfield, like old jazz, funk, soul type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love. And uh, when I was in high school, I started with producing uh, a friend of mine at Fru- Fruity Loops. He explained how to use it. But in that time, I had like a weird phase where I uh, liked electro house music. Okay. So I started doing that. But then I, I always was like into hip hop, but uh, I d- then I discovered when I was 15 years old, uh, MF Doom, and I was just uh, sold by his sounds. And I thought like, yeah, I want to do this thing too. And then I found out that he samples stuff and he samples like old soul records. And a lot of that soul records I knew due to breakdancing. And yeah, so I basically started with like instrumental hip hop production. A little bit alternative inspired by yeah, like MF Doom, Madlib, Jay Dilla. So it was like uh, when I was 15 until now, I'm like a big hip hop head. And after that, like five years later, when I was like 20 or um, I was introduced with Vaporwave like this. I always like like the to sample 80s records. I'm a big fan of. 80s funk, 80s R&B, 90s R&B, and it had like a vaporwave-esque sound without even knowing it. So <laughs> I uploaded a track of mine called "Vintage Hearts," and it was just it was just like a, a, a alternative. I I don't know how to pronounce it. My English isn't always correct, but it's a different hip hop beat. It was a sample from 
the Manhattans in the 90s. So, and I okay. chopped it in a different way. And uh, I, I uploaded it on YouTube and someone put it, uh, a comment, hashtag Vaporwave. Like, was, what's that? So then I was like sucked into the Vaporwave for it and uh, found out about Vaporwave. I, was, I wasn't like really into the music. I liked it, but it was like, they did like really minimum stuff to the samples. I like didn't understand it. Like, and then, but I was like really into the art form. Like I, I, um, I was always into art. I did like extra art, art classes in uh, high school. And uh, mm-hmm. so I really liked the aesthetics. And that way I, uh, yeah, was introduced to Vaporwave. I, I not see myself as a Vaporwave producer, but I'm like heavily inspired by Vaporwave aesthetics. And I use like Vaporwave elements in my tracks yeah you're you're kind of like riding the line between hip-hop and vapor yes in a way. yes that, that's that's true and i always try to find like combination of genres in my tracks yeah after i found out about vaporwave i found out about macross and that way i uh, was into uh, like future funk and i trying to like uh, make inspired sounds by macross and uh like I was in mm-hmm. Macross eighty two ninety nine for those who are unaware. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, forgot, I always forgot forgot to add the numbers, but <laughs> <laughs> I think most people just drop them at this point. Yeah, I was like in uh, Keats Collective. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was like a group of yeah. producers. I met like the the uh, the guy who run it uh, was Dan from. Since somewhere from Colorado, I met him through SoundCloud. When SoundCloud was like really not a not a big thing, it was like really a community thing. Uh, yes. Like yeah, like back in the days, what's I gotta admit, uh, I liked SoundCloud more than. But I met him through there, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, I'm making uh, like a collective thing," and it was like uh, sign Pepsi, Flamingoses. Uh, yeah, a lot of other names, but it was like a really cool group, and nobody was like uh, signed Pepsi and uh, Flamingoses, for instance. They really blew up, but then we were all just mm-hmm. just low key producers. It was a fun group, but anyway, there are like yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, there is like producers that already make future funk without that future funk exists. It's kind of strange. It, it was more like. Daft Punk inspired sounds, what you can call now future punk. Yeah. So that's like how French I house. got introduced into. So that's why I started experimenting with future funk, and now I'm like producing. Uh, I'm trying to get like go back more to my hip hop roots. So um, uh, I just dropped an EP called Riding Dirty. It's like inspired by uh, old school Houston hip hop music, like UGK. Uh, eight ball now rappers like that i really like that sound so it's fun to go very cool yeah back to my roots but i like still i love to make future funk or especially vapor trap it's like vapor trap is my favorite genre to make to be honest like uh, just take rare uh, 90s r&b samples and uh, yeah, mix it with trap so uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like that i just like to experiment with a lot of genres but still like maintain my own sound yeah for sure no you've developed quite a um an interesting sound and technique like uh, 
you know, when I think about your music, no one else really comes to mind. That's oh, that, that's that's great to hear. I see that as a compliment. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, yeah, MF Doom and Jay Dilla. I'm not surprised that you're so into them if you're into that original you know, R&B hip hop. Yeah, I love how they just they find all of these gold samples, like sifting through records. I imagine for so long to find that that perfect sample. Yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I've like uh, uh, built up like I, I'm not like a crate digger that buys records like vinyl because I don't got the the money for that to buy like really rare records. But I'm more like uh, of the generation of internet crate diggers. I have like a stash of of samples from like uh, 10 years ago till now and like from blogs that now don't even exist anymore. It was great because uh, I had like a a laptop and it was broken, but I still kept it. And there was like a hundred GB of rare samples, but uh, shout out to uh, Ducat. He he knows how to, uh, he he knew how to take out the hard disk and still, repair those files so now i got all my old samples back and i'm so happy with that so oh I'll that's amazing the, yeah when a hard drive dies like that oh, yeah yeah it's so sad yeah it, it was really sad but i was happy like uh i thought it was like a lost case i uh i let it go but then it was like uh yeah a great surprise and now i got always like good samples like uh, i was trying to find like rare samples but sometimes not if i think it's like a familiar sample, but I can do my own thing with it because I'm I'm not the type of producer that only like likes to add drums and keep the loop uh, one loop and keep it all the same. I like to do my own thing with it, but still like respect the sample and like when people hear the sample, they recognize oh, Mitro sampled it. I just wanna I, I just also want to educate people that are not into soul, funk, and jazz and that type of samples. That that is also great music. Like uh, pass it on into new generations. So you're talking about your your passion for making music, and uh, I d- I noticed that on your Bandcamp at least it, you have a record there from 2009 um, for, uh, under the Mitro name. So I was wondering, um, you know, how you came up with the name, um, you know, when you first came up with the idea for this project, and you know, what made you kind of decide to, you know, make it a physical. You know, you have some physicals on Legendary Entertainment, for example, yeah. with uh, Crunk Chris. Yeah, shout true, out to Crunk true. Chris. Yeah, shout out to him. And that's so funny that I interviewed him for this so recently oh yeah it was just like this um i just received an email from tiger blues from hey do you want to do cassettes and i was i I don't got any cassettes but i think they look cool and uh well i know my my dad used to have a lot of them but i was like yeah it's fun to have them physicals and i back then it was like three years ago i think cassettes were like weren't weren't as big as they are now mm-hmm. like uh sales go much easier now than uh, like three years ago so it uh, i was like yeah why not so uh we did that and uh, uh we had good reactions so we thought like why don't we do more releases and now we have like uh, a lot of them and it's kind of great to have uh, your own 
things um your own albums um in a physical form yeah it's like you can you can hold yeah the sounds that you've created yeah that, that's crazy <laughs> but i had like really weird reactions for friends friends that aren't into music like me they're like why cassettes nobody uh, gonna buy that shit they, they didn't understand it but i uh, let them know like there is a market for this like a niche for people that uh n- no that that like this stuff especially uh yeah all of the people that that like vaporwave and uh yeah, yeah. Well, even in toronto you know you, you would expect there to be more of an understanding for cassettes and and vaporwave just because there's so so many people here yeah but every time someone comes over to my place, they're like, why do you have so many cassettes? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's this whole crazy thing. You won't understand it. Yeah. yeah but but what, what fun is, like, last couple of months, friends, just friends of me that uh, aren't that into cassettes, say, yeah, I want to just buy one to have it. So that's nice. And I, uh, to, to really good friends, I just, if I have a stash, I just give a few away and... Uh, yeah, it's just fun to have. And another friend also bought one, but he actually bought at the thrift store, I think, like a, a Walkman cassette thing. So he's actually listening to it and bought one. So, yeah, nice. that's nice. So he's to going see next friends level with uh, supporting you, even though I would like to give it for free, but if they want to give money, it's it's uh, also good. Like uh, I also, if, if I support friends or... Or I uh, need to ask for a favor musically. I mostly like to pay because I know uh, how uh, hard it is to get paid in the music industry. So, uh. mm-hmm. well, I guess with the physical, there's more, there's extra work put into it. You know, with the art, yeah, cutting out the J card, putting on the stickers, doing the artwork is, um, you know, takes a long time sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing it by myself, but. I think Chris does it does it all by himself, so I think that's like a lot of work. So uh, once again, shout out to him for doing that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, absolutely. Uh, I was gonna say the you said you didn't know what the response to having your music put on tape would be, and then you know I think they're all sold out now. All of the, uh, most of the tapes. Uh, no, it's that, getting there. It's yeah, pretty close, yeah, I think. like they go fast, but. I think we have like a few tapes of uh, bundles left of Dragon Ball Wave 1, 2, and 3. Touch the, we had a reissue of Touch the Sky on Legendary. And we have also like, yep. I think, 20 or something left. So they're going fast. But I also have like CDs of Loki projects and they, they don't sell that fast, but it's okay. And, uh, yeah, but the, it it's all going better than expected. So uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and you you have a record coming out now too. Yes, yes. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that that's really exciting, and I didn't expect like uh, that people getting so excited about uh, about it, and it's really nice to see. So uh, and yeah, about about the vinyl. That, that's funny. That uh, friends that say. Um, to get back to the cassette thing, they think like the cassette is weird, but vinyl, they uh, they think it's dope. They, they said to me like, <laughs> why why didn't you did did you do it before? But I say like cassettes is like easier to make and 
um, vinyl is um, less bigger, of an investment. Also, yeah, too. yeah, true. A bigger investment, and if it flops, it's just uh, yeah, not nice. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I think uh, it will do good. I really like what Tiger Bloods did with uh, the green color on the on the vinyl. So yeah, it's it, so beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm excited by it, and uh, it's going to be released next month on 420. So that soon, and it's not going through uh, crates or Q rates or whatever people call it. No, it's direct through ti- Tiger yes, Blood, right? Yes, just like the cassettes. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes that makes it even more exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for that. And people already asking, like, is uh, Dragon Ball Wave 2 coming? Is Dragon Ball Wave 3 coming? But uh, got to be <laughs> honest, we just see uh, what one does. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We just look. Uh, we But I think uh, we probably will do it in time. But uh, I, I can't promise anything. Yeah, no rush. Sometimes it's nicer. So much media is coming out these days. It's like people need a break and have some time to not spend their money. Yeah, know? true. Like, uh, I see like uh, a lot of Vaporwave fans spending a lot of cash on records and cassettes, final. It's great to see like uh, that the, the Vaporwave community really likes to support their artists in, uh, with physical releases. I think in like pop culture, it doesn't happen that much anymore. Like any, everything is on Spotify. They think like, why should I buy a CD or why should I buy a vinyl or whatever? Yeah. If I can listen to it on my phone. Mm-hmm. So, so that's great uh, about uh, the Vaporwave community or scene. Yeah, it's really special. It's it hasn't been, there's nothing like it yeah. online. Yeah, true. You know, and true. there's so many loyal fans out there. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So tell me, we, we, were, we were talking about Dragon Ball Wave. Where did that whole concept come from? I actually have an interesting story. Before I knew what Vaporwave was, and you mentioned your SoundCloud, I found your SoundCloud somehow maybe two years ago, yeah. maybe three, and I saw uh, Kid Goku on there, the song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I... I looped it like a madman, like hundreds and <laughs> right hundreds there, of times. Man. Yeah. Oh my god! It it was one of my introductions to lo-fi hip hop, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that's good. To yeah, hear. it's one of my like like favorite uh, boom bap esque lo-fi beat I've made. I was inspired by mm-hmm. uh, when I was making it, like, of course, by Dragon Ball, but also by. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with people on the stairs. It's like a boom bap hip hop group from uh, LA, and you have this producer Test One, and you've always got these dope filters and uh, nice samples. And I was inspired by him, but I'm um, I'm really happy with uh, with how it turned out. It's also like the biggest hit of all the Dragon Ball Wave series. Like uh, now, I think Snake Way and Kid Goku they go best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I remember when I found that track as well. Yeah, and you, you were we were talking about the internet as well, and how you know you lost all of your precious MP3s that you got from these blogs. Yeah, um, isn't it interesting to sort of wallow in the? Well, I guess that's entirely what Vaporwave's ideal is—kind of wallowing in the classical things that we miss. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny that 
a lot of the the you know samples and files that you work with have been lost. Um, they've been vaporized, sort of. Yeah, like, true. Are, yeah, that's, uh, they're in the ether now, but you're s- still able to to hang on to them. Yes, yes, that's uh, that's 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 pretty vaporwave. If you think about it, I, I didn't think about it that way. I I did it like sometimes it occurred in my mind, but yeah, really like a lot of samples. Uh, I think most of them sometimes they come like back on the inlet, but I've, I have like samples that you can find on YouTube or on blogs and that are the best ones. So yeah, that's, uh, that's great to, uh, to bring those classical vibes back while they're actually like vaporized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're, you're doing two things at once. True. Yeah. And, and you also, you, me- you mentioned touch the sky. Yeah. And I also want to bring up your other record, um, flashback. Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about those projects, maybe even all of your projects. Like, do you have a a favorite, or was there one that was you know hard to make, more challenging? My f- my favorite project. I think my favorite project is. Um, I think people wouldn't expect from me, but it's a guilty pleasure. It's um, it's like a low key project. I just uh, gathered some beats with like. Um, I, I I discovered then like 90s R&B. I was like really into that. I always liked the production, but I was really into that. And uh, yeah, uh, just the the whole album, all the tracks, they just fit along together. Uh, uh, I really liked this one. And Dragon Ball with One is also like uh, one of my personal favorites. I'm really happy with like uh, the mixing, the sample choice, and it's just uh just goes along really well for me and uh flashback i'm also happy with that it was like a low-key project with me and ducat and uh yeah we're trying to like bring back like 80s vibes uh, with the with the house like future funk touch and i I like uh like from all the cassettes i really like flashback the most how it turned out uh, on the mm, loops. Beautiful tape. I, I managed to snag a copy. Oh, great. Thanks for the support. Anytime. Yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, Ducat. Can you tell us a little bit about how you um, formed your relationship with them and, and then dis- how you also decided to collaborate together? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, it was, um, I met him first time. Um, I used to organize hip hop parties in uh, my hometown was like we're trying to bring back like old school real hip-hop and he used to dj for uh now he he didn't dj for a rapper but uh, there was a rapper performing and his dj was sick or something so he knew ducat and he um he called him to uh, be his dj and uh, then we talked and um yeah i was a little bit of drunk and i try and explain what i do with 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 vaporwave and future funk and he was like uh, yeah okay and uh, a year later he contacted me on facebook and he found out i was mitro and he was like he started uh, at that time he his main project was uh like edm trap thing but ducat was his like his artistic project like um he uh just uh, to experiment and do his own thing but he liked it so much that he 
turn it into his main project. So he hit me up on Facebook and he was like, uh, yeah, are you Mitro? Yeah. And then we're like, uh, yeah, we met before at that uh, hip hop thing. So we, um, we gathered at, uh, at the library of my hometown and there we make the first collab. Uh, it was called Hurarachi. It was like a vapor, it was like a vaporwave, vapor trap hybrid track. And uh, yeah, we have like um, music, uh, musically we had like chemistry and we, uh, yeah, it sounded great. And we, after that, we made a few more collapse and we had like, uh, yeah, it just sounded good. And uh, later on we became friends and uh, we have like uh, a good work ethic. We, uh, um, and, and what's great about us is uh, we both have to, uh, Apart from each other, we got our own sound, but together we have like also our own sound, and it, it just works. And uh, yeah, we matter of fact, we also working on new stuff, new projects, and uh, we just enjoy making music. We just yeah, we just enjoy it, and we will see what we do with it. And if it's if we got like tracks that fit along, we just put it on an album. Sometimes I do like a featuring on his own projects and sometimes the other way around so uh, yeah that's how uh, how the collaborations uh, started that's amazing it's it's so funny to think because you know you said you're from a really small town yeah how likely was it that you were going to meet someone like that and then years later with, with zero knowledge about it he goes off and makes his own project yeah like it's that's so funny how yeah. everything connects over the years yeah, that, that's so funny, and it's uh, and it's really funny that he started to make future funk, but I really didn't expect expect from him. He was like a, um, just a beat maker that uh, there was alternative, mm. like inspired by Bones. But we first talked about Bones, and uh, like, uh, and then he started to make. First, he started with Vapor Trap, and then it was like, yeah, how do I do make? How do I make future funk? So I explained that, and now he's like uh, really into future funk, and uh, he makes like really great, great stuff. I heard his few tracks of his new project, and it was like really dope. A lot of uh, uh, gr great uh, collaborations on it. So, and funny thing is, I think me and Ducat are like the only future funk producers in the Netherlands. I don't know of any others. I know other <laughs> Vaporwave produce like Cat Corp and Ultra used to make Vaporwave, but now he, I don't know what he makes, but last thing I heard was like trap type of stuff. So okay. yeah, that's pretty funny that uh, we're the only ones that like really serious into huge funk. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. So, um, I have another question for you. Yeah. How do you think that your sound and your project yeah. fits into the 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 broader scope of the genre as a whole? Ooh. Yeah, that's uh that's a hard question. Like in in in, in the genre of vaporwave. Yeah, or you know, lo-fi hip hop, lo whatever. Hip -hop. In under the umbrella. Um I'm like uh I, I trying to find a way to get the best of of genres i make and find like a way to for instance make people that are into 
lo-fi hip-hop um more into vaporwave like i'm a, a bridge between like niche genres like lo-fi hip-hop vaporwave future mm-hmm. oh, that's, so that's very cool m- maybe i could yeah I, I like to explain it that way that i can with my music can introduce people to other musical uh maybe open the mind like sometimes people they don't like vaporwave at first but then they maybe are more open to it due to my music so that's a way to explain but still it's a it's a hard question for me because i i never thought about it like how i want to uh, profile myself into the genre yeah well no that's amazing like you said you're you're a bridge and uh, it's kind of funny you're like the snake way almost yeah yeah and there's so much vaporwave out there um you know it's not surprising that some people can't get into it the first time they hear it because maybe they didn't hear the right sound for them yes 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 because it's like uh it's it's not an everyday genre you really uh, need to take your time before you can experience the the essence of it but first i was like whoa what's this and then i i knew more about like the art form and what's behind vaporwave and then the whole perspective changed and uh yeah that that's why uh yeah i really like uh, vaporwave then it's more than just a, a genre or uh or people see it like a like a meme or or or, or a joke or whatever it's like uh yeah just more than that and, and it's also, a way of life yeah 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 for sure yeah so uh yeah that's um yeah cool. i think it's a it's a it's a great genre and i think it's also evolving in the right way you got like a lot of uh, sub genres to um to find your own own lane where you fit right so uh, yeah that's nice mm-hmm. i've actually been thinking of making some music um i know my, my way around ableton and reaper quite well and i know nice. many people in the um in the scene but i always come back to like okay what am i going to carve out for myself out of this genre you don't want to just copy everybody right you got to find a lane like you said yeah. um so i'm trying to figure out like what exact sounds do i want to make yeah. and that brings me to another question um how do you go about your production process like you said you started learning fruity loops are you still using fruity loops how do you get from from nothing to a full-fledged track? Uh, you know, maybe you can give us some examples of things that happen along the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm like very uh, a, a person that I like visual things and um, I like to... I, I see music like a, a piece of art or something. I want to uh, people experience something or experience uh, a feeling that I felt or something like that. I like to work in concepts. So for instance, I uh, mm-hmm. I go through samples and then I think like, uh, yo, let's take uh, the this, this sample from Snakeway. That was actually the the first track I decided to make, Dragon Ball Wave. And I heard like the Rippington's Tourist in Paradise is actually like a pretty risky sample to take, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's like a pretty known, uh, known track in like uh, a smooth jazz mm-hmm. so um, 
but I did my thing with it and it's turned out to be uh, in the in the vaporwave scene like a pretty uh, big track I didn't expect that so but but anyway to go back um, how I uh, how I make something out of nothing with sample base I always her sample and I already hear like what I'm gonna do with it what the name's gonna be and then I just start start working with it and sometimes it don't turn out how I want it to be it, it can turn turn out better or worse but uh, I, I like to work with concepts and ideas before I start working with it like most of the time I have already the name for the track before I finish the track oh wow yeah yeah, it's like, what is my motivation to make this song? I'm not just doing it for no reason. Yes, but but sometimes more like I'm now like really into my own compositions, and I learned like to play the piano for uh, five years, and okay, I can play decently. And I gotta admit, if I do like my own compositions, I just don't work with concept that much as with samples. Mm, okay. I just trying to. Um, mimic a type of genre i'm I'm just i'm still learning how to do that but uh yeah i gotta say like 80 percent of all my tracks are sample based or a combination of sample and sounds but most of them are 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 just uh yeah a lot of them are conceptual like uh, i had the idea before i actually made the track and that's how i also make my albums so very cool yeah do you have any tips for um aspiring musicians or beginners in the genre um yeah just don't give up and practice a lot just uh if you think i can't do it or i don't have any talent or you see some like that whoa how can it be this big don't compare yourself with someone else that's one thing because i used to do that like three years ago and i was like yo there there's always going to be someone better than you and uh, yeah, just do your own thing and practice a lot. Uh, don't give up and practice make perfect. Yeah, that's my that's my tip. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, it it does take a long time. You you have to practice so long, considering how long you've been an artist. Yeah, you know how long Chris, for example, has been an artist. A lot of the people that we find last have a lot of practice. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so. Uh, there's things like a lot of people think it's um, talent. Like I have, I don't have talent, but talent is like I think like five percent or ten percent. It, it it can helps you. It makes things easier. But if you have the dedication to do it, that's the most important. For instance, I I couldn't play piano. Like I started when I was twenty years old, and now I'm twenty six, and I just practice like uh approximately 20 hours a week for six years and no, not for six years because i also had times that i didn't make music for a half year let's say yeah for four or five years 20 hours a week so and now i can play decently and uh, yeah just and, and you gotta enjoy the ride like enjoy making music don't forget it's it's fun to make. Sometimes people, they want likes, they want plays, they want recognition, but um, just don't forget about uh, the music or the craft or enjoy making it and 
just yeah enjoy the ride of getting there that's great advice yeah thank you do you have a sort of discipline system you know you said you play piano 20 hours a week i imagine a lot of people will complain and um well sorry not complain i imagine a lot of people will say you know i can't find that much time in my week so how do you find the time and how do you sort of stick to a schedule mm -hmm. yeah um i gotta say i'm from nature i'm like a pretty lousy person i didn't have any discipline but since like three years i i learned more how to do that and uh, that's hard for me actually because like i said i'm not from nature i don't have like a lot of discipline but just uh make it a habit like you brush your teeth or something like every day you try to for instance play half an hour guitar just every day just a half hour and then it's it becomes a habit and you do it like every day and uh, before you know you, you like i said practice make perfect then you see like maybe you have sometimes like yeah it didn't work out but just try every day and if it don't work out you try the next day and you will see after a period of time that you become better at it and it gives more this uh, more motivation and more discipline to to maybe add an hour or play more so that's that's maybe a tip for if you want to have more discipline or a schedule for making music or learning new things. But it's hard though. Mm -hmm. I also had times that I just uh, thought like, you know, uh, I'm gonna quit this shit. Yeah. But uh, yep. yeah, just don't give up and uh, trying to make uh, make it a, a good habit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm really happy for you. It sounds like. Things are finally coming together after all these years of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, especially this year. It's like uh, it's like you planned the uh, uh, apple tree, and now you can take the apples. Yeah, exactly. But you still you metaphor. still got to water the plants. But sometimes people, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they get the apples and they forget the tree. It's like I see a lot in the music industry, like. People they get a hit or they have like get big accomplishment and they think now I'm there, but you gotta keep grinding, you gotta keep going because before you know, especially in this time, like that's what I was gonna say. Things yeah. are going fast. People, well, if you, for instance, you release something and people forget about it next week, that's so. Uh, that's the thing that I don't like about like social media and things, and a lot of people they're trying to uh build along the hype or what's in and i always trying to i always trying to find like i always do my own thing but i try to find elements of what's in or what's hype now and take it so people are like uh, more into it uh if they're not open to uh like fake away for future and that type of stuff so yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, that's great. Well, thanks for the thorough information. That's yeah, no really problem. awesome. Um, what would you predict the future of Vaporwave to be for uh, you know artists as well as fans and consumers? Yeah, I think uh, I think it has a good future. Uh, I, I, it's hard to make a prediction, but w with uh, with the art form, you can do like a lot. Uh, like maybe um, vaporwave artists that just make like 
art. They can do like art galleries uh, uh, with DJs or whatever. And uh, it, it's hard for me to paint like a picture in the future, but I think it's going into a right direction. And I see like vaporwave is maturing more. And uh, I knew like when it just started, it was like uh, people didn't take vaporwave that serious, but now it's more like a a serious thing it's still like uh yeah um it's okay to not take it serious but it's nice to see the uh that the, ja- the genre is uh, maturing mm-hmm. it's funny there's still people out there that'll say vaporwave is dead yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but 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 people always gonna say genre is dead uh like uh i knew in 2000 Eight or something. Nas had a track. Hip hop is dead, and uh, people say hip hop is now dead. But I was, I'm like, yo, the good hip hop is still out there. You still, can, for instance, can play a tribe called Quest, the Wu Tang Clan, and uh, and they still have gigs. So why is hip hop dead? And like, same with vaporwave. You still have those classic vaporwave tracks. You can still listen to it and make it alive. So yeah, I don't understand what people say vaporwave is dead or hip-hop is dead or rock is dead or whatever i think a lot of people some people are scared of change wherein they got used to something and they developed a sincere like for it then it goes and changes on them they kind of feel personally affected by it maybe attacked by it true yeah Um, but we see that all the time with every genre you know, so it's just the way of the game. We're in Vaporwave 3.0 now. Yeah, true. I, I gotta admit, one thing I didn't like about Vaporwave is when they, when it came like a subgenre called Hard Vapor. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was like where they sampled like a hardcore uh, electronic music, and I didn't like it at all. But for the rest, uh, I think it's a great great genre well there's going to be pockets you know where not everybody will like every pocket yeah true and you know what that's probably what makes those pockets even more special to the people that participate in them you know yeah for sure i'm more of a kind of broken transmission mall soft guy myself with sprinkle in some future funk and lo-fi nice um but there's other versions of vaporwave that are way bigger like hypnagogic classic um what is it called utopia virtual or something pad chanington just did a video on it yeah yeah you, you have a lot I, I i gotta admit it's hard for me to keep up and i'm i'm not not that invested into the vaporwave scene like others but i like pick up things on social media sometimes i hear a new track but i gotta admit i'm mostly like the old classic uh, vaporwave like uh, internet club yeah echo virtual floral shop uh, that's still my favorite hip-hop uh vaporwave shit i'm like talking a lot about yeah. vaporwave <laughs> and hip-hop uh, yeah no problem so that's that's my favorite type of favorite and also like Malsoft and i like what cat corp is uh doing you can like explore a lot of new sounds in vaporwave that's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's a, certainly an exciting time to be a Vaporwave fan. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, uh, that's that's uh, pretty much all of my questions. Okay, great. 
do you have anything you know that uh, fans can look forward to in the future coming out or just anything you wanted to say before we let you go yeah what what can i say uh and i i don't can say a lot i'm working on a lot of new things i'm like trying to uh, release vocal records i um i've started to practice singing i'm not ready to release official shit yet but i think like in 2020 i will focus more on bringing 90s classic r&b back so and do my own productions i'm like really inspired by uh, the new jack swing sound teddy riley keith sweat that that i think so yeah that that i wanted to share that things like that coming and dragon boy 4 is coming also in uh, 2020 I'm just started working on that. Nice. And there will be seven Dragon Ball waves because you have seven Dragon Balls. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah. Wow. Well, you got your work uh, yeah, out for like you. It's like motivation to to uh, to keep going. And it's fun to do. And you have like the Dragon Ball world is like pretty big. So I can take characters and places and uh, I can maybe... Uh, use characters from dragon ball super for tracks or whatever so uh, uh I, I, I won't be out of options so that's what i want to share with fans and uh yeah also one last thing um i had released riding dirty my riding dirty ep they're also coming a riding dirty deluxe edition it's like an album form it's, it, it got eight tracks now and it will have 16 tracks and also will be released on cassettes and more info will coming soon. And that's it. Wicked. Oh, that, that you got a, you got a lot of work on your plate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I try to make, I don't have a actual job now. Like music is my work. So that's amazing. And that's, and that's what uh, it I takes have, sometimes. Of, uh, it's still hard to, to make a living out of it, but I think in uh, in two years or something, if I work hard, I won't have to stress anymore. But now it's hard, I gotta admit, but uh, it's still worth it. Yeah. Well, now you have the pressure of making music as good as your previous releases, right? <laughs> yeah, true, true, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. So... I just see that we almost talk for an hour. Yeah, it's perfect. I didn't even uh, uh, look at the time. So that's a sign that we had a, a good conversation. Absolutely, my friend. No, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, I guess that's it for us. The floor is yours. Yes. Yeah, I, I just want to thank you once again for this uh, this opportunity. It was really fun to oh, do. No problem. And I hope to do I hope to do things like this more often in the future. Yeah, and maybe we'll see you singing your new project in uh, in Canada or in North America at some point in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I also want to do live things, but still, I need to practice and be ready for it. But it it definitely will. Uh, that definitely will uh, be uh, like live gigs and stuff. Nice. So I'm really excited for that to do something different besides of uh, just producing. Mm-hmm. fantastic well we're, we're really looking forward to your future work yeah thanks thanks so uh, thanks again for so much for coming on the show and you know it must be at almost twelve thirty or 1 o'clock by now over there so yeah yeah I'm, uh, I'm ready to sleep now but yeah. it, it was all worth it to stay up oh, that's awesome well uh, 
good night, my friend. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, thank you. Okay, have a nice uh, day there. <laughs> I sure will. Thanks a lot, my friend. All the best. Thank you. Cheers. And that wraps up my lovely conversation with Mitro. I'm going to leave you with one of his tracks off of his record, Guilty Pleasures. It's called Bittersweet Kisses. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.